Hey babes, welcome to another episode of Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak, hosted by yours truly, Alexander Eva May. On this show, we get real about healing after heartbreak and thriving on the other side. Welcome back to another episode of Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak with your host, me, Alexander Eva May. Uh, if you're having a good day, that's so great. Give yourself a pat on the back. Uh, hopefully this kind of just adds to your day. If you're having a bad day right now, I'm with you and I'm going to argue that everybody listening to this episode is with you. So let's start that way actually. If you're having a good day and you have energy to send out or if you're having a bad day and you have energy to send out, please just send out energy through this episode to anybody that's really struggling. I'm sure everybody listening has struggled deeply at some point after their heartbreak so you get it (laughs) and you know how much it can help to just have someone there I guess or just to know someone's thinking about you so let's all send on the energy and from me I'm thinking about all of you and sending my energy out to all of you to I don't know help help you feel a bit better it's really day-to-day sometimes with heartbreak actually most times it's day-to-day sometimes it's minute to minute to be honest sometimes it's like just get through this minute and hopefully next minute we feel better. Just get through this hour. Get through the morning. Um, one philosophy that really helped me, and you don't have to believe this, but there are no bad days, just bad moments. And sometimes that can seem like toxic positivity. But if you look at it from a lens of, no, this is going to help me feel better. Like if you look at it from a place of, let's look at this quote as like a helpful piece of words, <laughs> helpful quote. If you can go into each day and really tell yourself there's just bad moments, it really opens up the opportunity for something good to happen later in the day. And good is all very relative. Good could be just like a a coffee from Starbucks. Good could be a funny movie, right? It doesn't have to be this monumental thing. But if you can think to yourself just bad moments, not bad days, that helped me. And I'm going to like, I'm not, I'm not all rainbows and unicorns. Like there was definitely bad days where it was just like bad moment after bad moment. But if I was able to kind of rephrase my thinking to that place, it it did kind of help on those really bad days because I had hope, hey, maybe something better will happen. Like if I was crying and I just wanted to shut everybody out and I'm like crying in my bed, like losing my mind. If I was able to like step into that place, like this is your bad moment right now something better could happen. It gave me hope to like get through that, that moment. Um, but okay, that is not what this episode is about. I just wanted to start with that. This episode is all about taking your heartbreak, repurposing it, using it as part of your journey to start a side hustle or new professional endeavor. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, I'm going to give you some tips of how you can kind of get that going, whether you know what your passion is or if you have no idea, but you just want to start something new. I'm going to talk about why it's important to do this uh, if you're feeling kind of pulled to it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey with my kind of side hustle and my journey professionally after my heartbreak. And I'm hopefully going to inspire a little bit in you that I honestly don't think I'd be where I am at professionally if I didn't have my heartbreak. Like my heartbreak was so important on my journey to get me to where I'm at, not just personally, but professionally. And I have so much gratitude for it for that reason. So I'm going to tell you a bit about my story to hopefully inspire a little bit in you. And actually, that's where I'm going to start just to kind of like set this up, just to share what I've been through 
And then, uh, like I mentioned, I will get into the other stuff after. So listen till the end uh, for those tips and ideas of what you can do. So my story, it's uh, a lot like yours. I went through a devastating split. I went through a divorce. I was really bleak. I had no idea of what my future was going to hold. And I went through my split at a really kind of interesting age, I guess. I went through my divorce at 30. And for those of us that have turned 30 or those of us that are turning 30, 30 feels like a big age. Big ages are like 18, (laughs) maybe 25 a little bit, but 30 is like a big age, I think. And, or, or 50, like there's these big ages that we feel in our mind are these big ages. And I think for some people, if not a lot of people, 30 feels like the marker of like, you should have the house, you should have the the boyfriend or the husband, maybe a kid, You're, you should be settled in your job, like you should have your shit together, <laughs> I think, leading up to 30, like you feel that way. I'm 37 now, and I'm going to tell anybody who's coming up to 30, that is totally not true. Everybody at 30 has nothing figured out. Like we have no idea what we're doing. Even if it looks like people have it figured out, they don't. So if you have that in your head, take it out, throw it away. It is totally not true. You have a gazillion years to sort everything out. I'm 37 and I still don't know what I'm doing. I still have no idea like where I'm going. Yes, I'm a mother. Yes, I own a house now and I have a partnership and I have a job. But like, I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. I still feel like I'm 21. You got all the time in the world. So please just like take that off of your plate. That's something that you have to have figured out. But at like at the time I felt, you know, this is when I'm supposed to have it figured out. And there I was at 30 blowing up my life, getting a divorce, um, selling the house that we hadn't even bought that long ago, shutting down any opportunity to have kids. At least that's what I thought at the time. Cause like, how am I supposed to find another dad? Like <laughs> find a guy to have kids with in my third, like it was just a whole mess of things. I go through this split. I have all the heartbreak, all like the, the horrible stuff personally. And that took years to sort out personally. Uh, but part of actually that journey sorting out my personal life was stepping into kind of a new professional endeavor, the side hustle. And I didn't even realize it at the time when I was going through my split. I mentioned this before I'm on Instagram. And at the time, that's where I was. That's where I connected with people because I had nobody in my life to connect with. So I took to what a lot of people do. They go to (laughs) go to the internet when they're trying to find people and they can't find them in their life in regards to whatever community they're trying to find. So I chose Instagram at the time. Instagram was kind of the place. Now it's like TikTok, but uh, at the time it was Instagram. So I go to Instagram and I use it as a place to mainly search out like sad memes, but I started to create. So I would, I would post quotes or I would post photos of myself and, and in the captions, even with the quotes in the captions, I would write these long captions about what I was going through about, I don't know, heartbreak about a tip, long captions about kind of my journey became a a diary of sorts, I guess, in the early days. Eventually these long captions, I didn't have room to write everything I wanted to write because there's a limit on how many words you can put in the caption. So I thought, well, okay, let's start blogging. Some people go into blogs thinking I'm going to make a lot of money and you can make a lot of money with blogs. But when I started my blog, that was not even in my realm of consideration. It was literally just, I needed space to write more, to get more off my chest. It was like journaling, It was that therapeutic act of journaling, but online. So I had this blog. Uh, Originally, it was called divorcedat30.com. Holler if you you read one of those posts in the early days. It's not active anymore. I think it's still, there's like a page if you go there. 
is. So thanks for like head over to the new blog. So I blogged on divorce.30.com for a while and it was great, but I eventually moved over to the splendidpath.com. And the move was very much, uh, I think it was two years after my split. So I was a little bit removed from the initial heartbreak. And I was more wanting to be have the freedom to write about mental health, wellness, and just sort of whatever I wanted to write about. I had grown in my healing. And yeah, so then I started the splendidpath.com. Now through this blogging avenue, I realized something. Like I realized I really loved writing. I loved it. I just loved it. And I realized I was not that bad at it, to be honest. And so I started to put together the book, Her Awakening. And eventually it became an actual full-length book (laughs) that I published in 2021. Yeah, 2021. And uh, that was so amazing. And I never envisioned that I'd be publishing a book, writing a book and and getting it published. I never thought that that was going to be on my journey, but it, it was. If you had asked me when I was going through my divorce, if I was going to write a book or if I was going to create a blog or if I was going to connect with thousands of people, I would have been like, what? No way, Jose. (laughs) No, but it happened. And then from there, I realized I loved writing. I put out another book. There is an actual Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak book if you go on Amazon right now. It's up there. It's like $14.99 Canadian, which is what, like I think 10 bucks American. And it is filled with years and years of insight and advice and quotes and inspiration and anecdotes and little stories and stuff. So there is another one up there for anyone who wants to grab it. So I wrote that as well. But I realized through this journey of putting those books out, my love, my heart was really in a place of putting out books for kids. So I started to write picture books. And with that, I started a publishing company because for these first few books, I wanted to self-publish. And so I decided I'm going to start this publishing company. So I started Wishing Star Publishing, uh, www.wishingstarpublishing.com. You can actually go on there and grab my books. And I wrote the self-love book, which is actually, I have a new um, second edition coming out, new illustrations and a little bit of an updated manuscript. I'm really excited about that. And I put, I'm putting out Masterpiece is what it's called. It's coming out on January 11th in 2022 about a little boy on the autism spectrum and about how he looks at the world differently than everyone else, but this different perspective makes him a true masterpiece. So I started writing kids books and I've written a YA novel. It's getting edited. I'm going to release it. But my my picture book, Masterpiece, actually has won awards. It's an award-winning book. I can actually, on my life resume, say I'm an award-winning author which is kind of crazy to me to think seven years ago, I was going through this, through my divorce and I thought like everything was ending for me to now seven years later. And I can literally call myself an award-winning author. It's crazy. And this has all happened because of a side hustle. And this all happened because of my heartbreak. And it's brought me to this place. And now I'm in a place where I'm also, I'm starting or I've started in the last few months to query literary agents. Like I'm trying to get an agent. I want to be traditionally published. I've queried, I think 40 or 50 agents heard back from maybe 15 (laughs) with solid nose rejections, but that's part of the game in this industry is rejection and getting through it and moving on. And I'm sure, you know, right place, right time, right? I have full faith in the universe that if I'm supposed to get an agent, I will. And if I'm not, I won't. Like it's that simple and I will self-publish and that's fine. Because of my experiences, I really believe that 
what is meant to happen will happen. What is meant to be will be. So that's sort of like my journey and where I'm at. And I'm so excited about where I'm at currently with this side hustle. And honestly, the timing of the universe is beautiful. At this time when I'm trying to pursue getting representation and hopefully, hopefully being able to like do this full time, I'm also feeling really like not aligned with my profession, with my job that pays the bills, my full-time job. And, you know, I have, a, I have a fine enough job. I like it. But I just, there's just something so deep in my gut that it's just not right for me anymore. I just feel it. It's like, oh, it's a constant thing in my mind. A constant feel like it just feels so not aligned with my spirit at all anymore. And I really, really, really believe that by the end of 2023, I don't think I'm going to be doing it anymore. And I don't know how. And I don't know what's going to what's going to transpire over this next year. But I just like really have this faith and this belief that this side hustle in quotation marks that I'm pursuing might lead to actual full hustle. (laughs) We'll see how my journey shapes up. But that's kind of just a little bit about me. Now I want to talk about why it's important to possibly pursue a side hustle for you. The thing with a side hustle It gives you something else to think about besides your heartbreak. It gives you passion. It gives you just something to do besides sitting in the darkness that is the depression of heartbreak. When I was originally blogging at divorced at 30.com, I was so heartbroken and I was in such a black, dark place. But I would like spend evenings creating these blog posts editing them, like, you know, adding pictures, like making them beautiful, adding the tags, all the things, and then marketing them on social media. And it it filled me up with like a lot of passion. It gave me something to do to get me out of that headspace of just depression. So for anyone kind of toying with the idea or considering the idea of a side hustle, dive in. It's going to give you something else to think about. And it might lead you to a whole other journey, like I mentioned with mine. I think it's really valuable and it can just be an extra thing you kind of add to your life. After heartbreak, it's so important to find hobbies because hobbies give you things to look forward to every week. They possibly create new relationships, like new friendships. They are something to fill up your time so you're not just spending all your time depressed and they just like get you out of the house and and things like that. So your side hustle could be doing the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Like if you've always thought of being a photographer. Why not buy the camera or ask for it for your birthday or something? Start taking photos and then create a business. Every amazing photographer out there started exactly that way just by buying a camera and putting their photos up and saying, "Hey, I'm open for business and hoping someone paid them some money to take some photos." Honestly, <laughs> that's how everybody starts. With my industry like writing Every good writer just starts by writing something down, editing it and throwing it out in the universe and hoping people like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Businesses, entrepreneurs, they all start by just like, I'm just going to start. Half of the challenge is just starting. And there's a famous quote, I forget who, who said it, but, and I don't even remember the exact quote, but it's something about the biggest challenge a lot of the times is just starting. So if you've got kind of this inkling, this passion to start a side hustle, just make the decision, I'm going to start. Tip number two is to figure out what you want to do. If you know what you want to do, you're lucky. You can fast forward a little bit. <laughs> I'll talk more. But if you don't know, that is like totally fine. If you're just in the space of I want to do something and I don't know what it is. I think a really good idea is to create a list for yourself of things that you love already that you know you love. Maybe you love dogs. I don't know. Or cats or whatever. Maybe you love painting. Maybe you love traveling. 
Maybe you love road trips. Maybe you love skiing. Maybe you love going to the gym. Maybe you love smoothies. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's endless. Coffee, you start there. I love coffee. So you make your list of all the things you love. Then circle the top, say, three to five, maybe top three that you love the most. Maybe the top one you love the most. And then from there, make another list of like every idea that you can think of that you could do with this business, with that idea, what business you could create with that thing you love. I think if you ground yourself in something you love, if it ends up failing, because a lot of small businesses do fail, it's just a reality of the game. If it fails, is it really a failure if you just pursued something you love? No, it's not. There's nothing lost by pursuing something you love. So if you ground your side hustle in something that you have passion for, you're going to win no matter what, no matter the end result financially or, you know, the success of the the business. So you pick those things that you love and then come up with every business that you can think of, like coffee. I'm just going to, and I haven't even thought of what I was going to say before this episode about coffee, but it could be anything. You could be a coffee like influencer. Maybe you just start taking cool photos of different coffee cups and posting them and talking about them or maybe start trying all sorts of different coffee brands and you create a YouTube channel and you just start putting out there these YouTube videos of like coffee you love. There's this famous story about, I forget his name, but he's now, he's got like millions and millions of people that follow him and he does like inspiration stuff for entrepreneurs. But he started as a wine YouTube channel. He would just drink wine and recommend the wines he loved. And this guy had no idea about wine. He didn't know about anything like star ratings or like, what are they called? Talons or like, I don't know. He didn't know anything about wine. And he just thought, I'm just some random, normal, average dude. I'm going to jump on YouTube and do wine recommendation videos. And then it became this massive thing. And now he makes a gazillion dollars inspiring people. So, you know, start there. What else could you do with coffee? You could create your own kind of like product that you sell for coffee. Maybe you start making mugs that are all like, I love coffee, get a cricket and do that sort of thing. There is so many things you could do. Maybe you want to join me in the writing journey and you self-publish a children's book about coffee. (laughs) Why not to have coffee when you're a kid? That doesn't actually apply. But let's say it's dogs. Maybe your passion's dogs. You can write a book about dogs, self-publish it for kids you get the idea. So you can just start, I would just start, I would make a list, make a list of everything that you could possibly explore with that thing that you love. I have a friend. She actually was on the podcast, Vicky Joma. She runs a company now, the self-care shop. So she was a self-care coach and I think she still does that maybe, but it's evolved into this online shop. Her shop is beautiful, by the way. I don't know the website. I'm going to, um, I'll, I'll find it. Maybe link it below. Self-care shop is what it's called gorgeous stuff and it's all these products to you know for self-care and that's where her passion has led her isn't that fascinating just online store she started and i think she's very successful at what she's been doing anything can be a side hustle you just have to really get um close in on what you love and then just come up with that list and then once you have that list kind of zero in on what you want to do one thing i'm going to say is don't be too all over the place i mean you could start there to, to kind of figure out what you want where you want to go But try to narrow it in on your journey because the more narrow a niche you are, the, you know, the more success you can technically have, which leads me to my next tip. I think this is tip number three with your business that you're starting. You're not going to hit everybody. That's the thing with a side hustle It's really important to remember. You want your community 
to be small and targeted. If you're doing that coffee company, you're just targeting coffee lovers. You're not targeting everyone because not everybody loves coffee. Same thing with dogs. You're going to target the animal people. So you're not going to target everybody. You want to niche down. That's the number one thing they say. And the one thing I wish I had done kind of from the beginning niching down. That's always what they recommend if you want more success in your business. So really get, once you've figured out what you want to do, your passion, what you want to do, um, niche down and know your target market. Is it women? Is it men? Is it older women, younger men? Like who is it that you're trying to sell whatever you're trying to sell to? Because that's who you're going to market to. And yes, you will get some outliers that come in and, and buy your product that weren't interested in in it in the first place, but the majority of your audience are going to be those people that already have a passion for whatever it is you're doing. If you're going, say, into photography, uh, you're going to market to people that like to pay for photos. (laughs) Everybody at some point might want to get professional photos done, but maybe not. (laughs) And maybe as a photographer, you like narrow in, I'm going to do newborn photos or maternity or wedding photos or whatever it is. So kind of have an idea about your ideal audience, ideal customer, and that's who you're going to kind of target when you start um, this business. The next tip is that you don't need to spend a lot of money. You don't need to register your business. You can literally... Uh, actually, well, I would look into this. Actually, this is maybe not the best advice, but for where I live, I didn't need to register a business. But my business now is registered for certain reasons. But in the beginning, at least where I live, you could literally just start your business on Facebook. And that actually is a really beautiful place to start your side hustle is places like Instagram or Facebook. Create a Facebook page and start there. And for me, where I live, I can you can just run a business out of Facebook, like a small business. Eventually, like I mentioned, um, there is value in registering your business. But really look up in your area if you need to do it right off the bat. If not, well, then you're golden. You can just kind of start. You don't need a website. In fact, I almost would recommend against doing a website at first because they're expensive. It's not cheap. A website is... I would say anywhere from 180 US dollars a year, at least, all the way up to like 250, 300. They're not cheap. So unless your business is like needs it, like maybe a store might need it. But besides that, you don't necessarily need a website to start. So you can just start. Honestly, like I said, just start. Another tip I'm going to recommend. And if you are part of one, please don't come at me with pitchforks. But, um, you know, do your best to avoid MLM multi-level marketing companies. I know some people have had success with them, but they are not your own thing. A lot of MLM people state that they're like entrepreneurs and business owners and not really because they're paying someone else. Like they're part of a whole, (laughs) it looks like a pyramid. (laughs) I'm not going to say it, but they're part of a whole thing, right? They don't really own it. They didn't come up with the idea. They have bought into the company and they are running their own thing but they don't necessarily own their business. So I would avoid them if I were you. There are a few success stories, but for every story that you see on your social media talking about how you can live this, you know, this travel lifestyle and whatever they're selling, there's like a gazillion stories of people that have lost all their money to MLMs that are in serious debt because of MLMs. There's a lot of really bad stories that have come out of the MLM industry. So I would avoid it. It seems like an easy way to get into it. Like you just get a coach and then you buy the, the initial thing and then you you have your own business. But then your customers 
you have like, first of all, you have a gazillion competitors online of people selling the MLM things, the Rodan Fields and the Beach Body and all the stuff. And also your customers become like your, your people, like your friends and your family. And for me, that seems like, I don't know, a little bit shysty. Like with, I guess, my side hustle, writing books. Yes, obviously I'm like, hey, buy my books, buy my books to my friends and family. But I do not depend on them buying my books. And my business and my success is not off their backs. Where a lot of with MLM, it's like tapping into your friends and, and family. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the best, I guess, way to be an entrepreneur. No shame to anybody who's doing it. All the more power to you. I just, for me, I wouldn't get into it. And I would advise against it, honestly, if you can think of a different way to kind of have a side hustle. If you're really serious about this, I want to make you very aware that with side hustles, social media is king, marketing is king. You could literally sell dirt if you marketed it the right way. Like, I'm not lying to you. Someone could literally come and become a millionaire from selling dirt, actual dirt from the ground, if they had the right marketing in place. So be brave, get out there, promote your business. And right now, as I release this episode, TikTok is king. TikTok is helping businesses blow up. So if I was just starting out again, I would probably focus a lot of energy on TikTok. Uh, YouTube is still really, really relevant. And then Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Instagram actually doesn't translate to a ton of sales a lot of the time. Uh, If you read reports, Facebook translates better. And I know sometimes we think of Facebook as like a dinosaur, (laughs) but there's still a lot of people that buy off Facebook. So it is a place to market your side hustle. And lastly, like be okay, whatever the end result is. Be okay if you start the business and you realize, hey, you know what? I was doing this to help myself have something else to do when I was suffering and now I don't want to do it anymore. And that's okay. It's not a failure. A failed business. I hate that term. It's not a failure. Just because you stopped doing something does not mean you failed. It just means you're making a new decision. So be okay with the fact that you might decide to not do this long term or it might evolve. Like it might start one way and you you rebrand and you evolve and you do something different. Be okay with it. Be okay with the evolution, with the journey. Be okay if you don't make any money (laughs) because it might not happen, but it might, right? So obviously the goal is to make money and be successful, but be okay if it doesn't. I think if you go into the whole hobby and to the side hustle that way, then there's no way that you can fail. And if you become a badass success, that's incredible. Please let me know. I would love to hear about it. That is so, so amazing. I would love to hear your story. Uh, So just to end this episode, I want you all to know that you can take your heartbreak, you can repurpose it, and you can come out of the fucking gates with an amazing side hustle that just fills up your passion and leads you on a totally, totally, totally new journey like mine has, where I'm writing kids books, I'm trying now to get a literary agent, I want to be traditionally published. And just to circle back to what I said earlier in the episode, I'm at a place now where my full-time job (laughs) that pays the bills, I'm feeling so like not aligned with it. And I just think that this side hustle, I think the universe has brought it here for a reason. And I think it's part of my destiny. It's part of my journey and it's part of where I'm meant to be. And I, I think by the end of this coming year, 2023, I think that I will be potentially like pursuing it like a lot more like full-time I just think my life is going to change. I really firmly believe it. And it all started because I just started this little side hustle back when I was suffering through my own split. 
I hope that everyone has a really extraordinary day and just know that I am with you, sending you love and light to your healing. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the show. I love that you're here with us. If it wasn't mentioned in the episode, you can connect with me on Instagram at the Alexander Eva May. It is linked below in the show notes. Um, grab my book if I haven't mentioned it in the episode. <laughs> I probably did, but you can grab my book, Her Awakening. It's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. So go get it and tune in every other Tuesday. We have a new episode and thank you for being here. Go have a beautiful week and catch you next time.